Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. On Wednesday night, I ministered on our church vision, and not so much about our vision per se, but about the importance of vision, the importance of a church vision, what it means and why God gives it and and so forth. But the Lord has been stirring me up on the idea of vision for several weeks now. And uh, not just our church vision, but the vision uh, that is presented to us for our nation. Amen. We know that we are approaching Uh, Very uh, soon here, the 2016 presidential election, uh, uh, houses of Congress, both the Senate and the House of of Representatives. And so these are important times that we live in. I want to read this uh, passage from Habakkuk chapter 2, and I want to read in verse number 2, the Lord answered and said, write the vision." Make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. It is not a a surprise or even controversial in our midst among Christians and even sensible people that uh, whether they're Christians or not that America has strayed far off course and very uh, acutely, very much so in in an accelerated way in in very recent years. And it didn't just start a few years ago. It started many years ago. And uh, really the modern trend toward godless liberalism Uh, really stepped into gear, though the seeds had been sown for for decades before. It really stepped into gear in the 1960s. I remember the 1968 presidential, uh, uh, Democratic presidential uh, uh, convention in Chicago. Those of you who are old enough to remember that 60, uh, 50 years ago, uh, nearly, you know, there, were, there was all of this violence in the street. There was a major clash between the people who represent uh, what has happened since then and the old guard in the Democratic Party. And, uh, and, it, and it spilled out into the streets and, and uh, there were rioting, riotings and demonstrations and a lot of violence and so forth. By 1972, the Democratic Party had surrendered and succumbed to the, uh, the leftist ideology. And it has been growing in strength ever since then. We are today, we are paying the price. I said America is paying the price right now for decades of sowing to the flesh, sowing to rebellion, turning its back on God, turning its back on biblical values, traditional values as we find in the word of God. And it's, it, I remember, I don't know if you remember this, but I think it was around 1974, there was an entertainer 
a woman on TV uh, by the name of Anita Bryant. Does any, is anyone old enough to remember Anita Bryant? She had been a former Miss America, and I think she was a game host, a game show host or something. She had some place on TV. And uh, I remember in 1974, in the face of the uh, uh, just beginning, really, radical movement of the homosexual uh, community, she just, she didn't make a, a, uh, a mean-spirited statement. She just made a statement confirming traditional family values and traditional sexuality, and she was run out of the business. If you remember, she was attacked viciously. Her career was ended. She was put to open scorn and open shame in this country, and she was run out of the entertainment business, and she was finished. Since then, the entertainment industry, the entertainment industry took note of that. And from that day forward, there was a cowering among those in the entertainment fields to this, this not only the uh, homosexual agenda, but to all things uh, that were against tradition and, and against the word of God. The entertainment industry, as we all know it, is so far anti-God and anti-Christian and anti-Bible and anti-everything that the Bible and, and, and Christians stand for. It has spread into the sports uh, industry and the sports fields where today uh, you can hardly find a, a professional athlete, a college, well, it's, it's not in the college ranks so much, but a, but a professional athlete who on TV will even mention the God of the Bible. If in sportscasters almost become tongue-tied, if some uh, sports uh, uh, person uh, uh, makes a comment about God and, and sportcasters are covering that story, if it slips up on them, they almost get tongue-tied and stumble all over themselves so awkwardly trying to avoid not to, to, to even uh, uh, give any credence to it or recognize it, just to stand back from it. Of course, our national media it has completely promoted everything contrary to Bible values. It has, it has crept into public office where now Christians are being threatened uh, with either you compromise your faith, your, the personal exercise of your own faith, or else get out of government. There's no place in government for Christians who want to live their life publicly. That's the message that's being sent. It's crept into the workplace where it's become politically incorrect to even make any reference to God in many places. You can't go into a hospital if you're on a staff. You can't, if, if you're a, a medical provider, you have to be very, very careful and you have to do it in secret when no one's watching you to just put your hand on a patient and pray for them. You can be called on the carpet for it. Our nation has turned as a collective people, not everybody, because half of the, the, of the nation doesn't agree with this. But there are forces that, are, that, that push 
and they're defiant and they're in our face and, they're, and, they've, and they've pushed on this nation a, a, an increasingly uh, intolerant and hostile attitude towards Christian beliefs. I believe this election is the most important and consequential one of our lifetime. Probably not since the election of Abraham Lincoln when he was called upon to step in to bring unity to a a divided nation that was struggling with a, a bloody and divisive civil war. Not since that time, I believe, not since that time have we faced the crisis that we're in right now. And like I said, we're paying a heavy price. Look at the discord. Look at the unrest. Look at the fear, the anger, the the, uh, contradictions of life everywhere you turn. It's because we are a nation out of control that has lost its way simply by turning its back on the biblical values that established this nation. This nation was founded by moral people who believed in biblical morality. The old British common law, which gave birth to the American uh, 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 system of, of justice, comes directly from the Judeo-Christian traditions of the Old and the New Testament. That's what our nation was founded on. It is what has given our nation strength for so long. I believe we're at a critical crossroad right now. Uh, What's at stake, I believe, and I don't believe this is hyperbole. I don't think this is overstating it. I believe we stand at, uh, we risk a potential, a, 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 a significant spiritual and moral anarchy if this election doesn't go the way it must go. Now, before I go any further, I am not going to endorse a candidate today. Both candidates are flawed, and that's an understatement. Considering past character alone. Now, I don't know what's in the heart of Donald Trump. I don't know what's in the heart of Hillary Clinton, and neither do you. Only God knows. But considering past character as demonstrated by actions on behalf of both of these candidates, I find it very hard to find solid justification to support either one of them. Personally. So we have to look further than that. Well, what, what do we do? Do we just stick our head in the sand and not vote? Because we don't like this person? We've got to get beyond that. You know, there, there, traditionally we, we look to our presidential candidates and the reason we have debates is to discuss the issues but even more importantly than that, to get a sense of what kind of person they are. You remember in 1960, uh, I, I, was, I don't really remember this because I was only eight years old, but uh, when Richard Nixon was running against uh, John Kennedy, 
the debate that, that was the first televised presidential debate, people on the radio who listened to the debate on radio claimed that Richard Nixon won the debate, hands down. But on television, people said John Kennedy won the debate and it turned the election. Because there's so much power in the visual presentation of persons and particularly people who are gonna lead us. We want to find somebody like us. That's really what we're looking for. We're looking for somebody as a candidate that we can say, you know what, I like that person. I, 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 I agree with them and I somehow relate to them. They're like me more than the other person. Well, unfortunately, we don't have that choice this time. I don't think there's anybody here that can relate to either of these candidates as being like you or like me or supporting a lot of things. I'm talking about their past behavior. Well, uh, what do we do? Like I said, we can't just not vote. To not vote is to vote. And if you think, well, I tell you what, I'm just going to avoid the controversy and I'm just going to vote for one of the other candidates, you know, the Green Party candidate or the Libertarian. Listen, a vote for anybody else is still a vote for the one of the two leading candidates. A no vote is a vote. A vote for somebody else is still a vote for one of the two leaders. We have to vote. It has been... uh, uh, estimated that in the last presidential election, 2012, nearly 30 million evangelical Christians did not go to the poll. Now let that sink, let that sink in for a minute. This was done on surveys after the fact. Just let that sink in. Nearly 30 million evangelicals, people who believe in the Bible, as it is written that it is the infallible word of God, the final authority in all matters of life, nearly 30 million did not even vote. That cannot happen again. I said that cannot happen again. If you know a Christian who you even think might not vote, you need to put them on your list and you need to dog them between now and election time. Do whatever you have to do. Encourage them, shame them, do whatever you need to do. Make sure you do everything you can to get them to the polls. It's the truth. Uh, like I said, we, we really can't find anybody like us in the, in the candidates. There's, there's no one running for president is somebody we can that we would necessarily uh, have over for dinner. (laughs) But as Christians, we must choose someone whom we're pretty sure isn't against us and will allow us to live out our faith without government interference. This scripture in in Habakkuk chapter 2 talks about the vision. It says, write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. If we can't look at the person, then we have to look at the platform of the parties. Amen. Now, 
I'm going to read some things, but in a few minutes. As far as platforms are concerned, platforms are non-binding documents. However, research shows that they matter, and they matter a lot. Because studies have found that in the past 30 years, Republicans in Congress voted for positions supported by their party platform 89% of the time. Platforms matter. It's also demonstrated that Democrats voted for their party's position. I'm talking about Democrats in Congress and the Senate and the House. They voted for their party's platform uh, uh, positions 74% of the time. So overwhelmingly, those we elect in office, have, we've, got, we've got evidence that demonstrates that they follow the party platform. Maybe not in every uh, occurrence or in every vote, but generally speaking, they do, and overwhelmingly. If Republicans and Democrats in Congress made make good on their party platform party platforms promises and people of faith heading to the polls in November can be that Republicans can be confident that Republicans will defend life, marriage, and religious liberty. And Democrats will continue to put those same values under direct assault. The difference between the two parties' platforms could not be clearer. If you examine the platforms, this verse of scriptures that, that we're reading just as, a, as, a, as a, a point, of course it wasn't talking about party platforms, but it was talking about vision. He said, write the vision and make it plain. Listen, the visions, the vision that these two parties are casting for the future of our, Amer- of our country could not be clear. It's as plain as day. It's as plain as day. You need to think about what kind of life you're passing on to your children, you younger people. You older folks, your grandchildren, in my case, great-grandchildren. What kind of world are we passing on? It matters how we vote. Like I said, the, the party's platforms and visions are plain, easy to read and understand. I've noticed this after examination that neither party nor ne- or, and neither candidate advocate leaving, leaving things as they presently are. Neither party and neither candidate advocates leaving things just like they are right now. One party advocates a recommitment to and strengthening of core biblical Christian values. The other party advocates an even more radical departure from those values than we've ever seen before. The fundamental transformation of America that Barack Obama announced that he began when he was inaugurated uh, has, has come to a place where it won't take much to complete it now. Amen. The book of Proverbs, verse four, uh, chapter 14, 34 says, Righteousness exalts a nation, 
but sin is a reproach to any people. This wasn't just talking about Israel. It said righteousness exalts a nation, any nation. Sin is a reproach to any people. And I know standing here today that there are people in this congregation, probably, who have voted, uh, like I said, let me back up. I'm not, I cannot advocate for either one of these candidates as people. But I can, and, 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 but I can make an informed decision on the party and what it stands for. Now, that having been said, my faith is not in a party. My faith isn't in a man. My faith is not in a political party. My faith is in God. My faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ alone. But at the same time, we have to make intelligent decisions based on which platform and ideas are being presented to us. You know, we sing this morning, uh, you know, thanks be to God who, who has given, who leads us in triumph. He leads us in triumph, but we have to follow. He leads us in triumph, but we won't walk in triumph if we won't follow. People have, I've heard Christians say, well, you know, it just really doesn't matter what happens in the election. God is still on the throne. He's still in control. Well, was he on the throne When Hitler took over Germany, slaughtered six million Jews, was, was God on the throne? Was he on the throne when, when Stalin murdered millions and millions of, of, of Russians? Was, he on, was God on the throne when Herod murdered all the children under two years old in the time of Christ when he was a baby? Yeah, God was on the throne. He was in control of the things of heaven. He's in control in heaven, but he has delegated to man what goes on here. We can, a lot of times we pray. We've prayed around here. We've prayed a lot about America and about revival and a restoration and a turning to God. But we cannot pray for God to restore the spiritual and moral underpinnings of our society and then turn around and go out and vote for people who are undermining those things and working with all of their power and their vast uh, resources to turn these things aside. We can't pray for one thing and do something else. Now, what I started to say earlier, I'm going to go ahead and say, I know there are people here probably that you voted Democrat all of your life. I was raised in a, in a home where we were Democrats. All of my relatives were Democrats. My parents, you know, were New Deal Democrats, Roosevelt Democrats, and, and that passed, you know, down, and a lot of my relatives are still that way today. There are a lot of people who, who are in, uh, who are uh, affiliated with and follow the party line simply because they've always done it. Simply because of past political uh, heritage that's been passed down. Or cultural heritage that, that tends to identify with one party or, party or another. 
But for those of you who have always voted Democrat, don't be angry with me today. I, I simply want you to listen to the evidence. The Democratic Party is not the party it used to be and hasn't been for a long time. It's not the party my parents uh, uh, endorsed. I saw that as a young man. I was registered you know, as a Democrat when I became a, got back into fellowship with the Lord in my 20s, early 20s. And I, and I remained a Democrat for several years. I think it was 1980 before I finally switched to the Republican Party. You know, I was, you know, a Reagan, you know, Democrat. And then I changed, you know, to the Republican Party because I saw that the Republican Party had abandoned the Bible and it had abandoned uh, the pursuit of actual scriptural policies and, and agendas. They had abandoned that. I just couldn't go along with it anymore. If you haven't paid attention, if you're still voting Democrat, I, I, I'm telling you, you just need to pay attention and listen to the evidence today because I'm going to read directly from their platforms and compare it. The reason I believe this election is so critical, there are several reasons, but the, the, one of the primary reasons is because of the Supreme Court. We now have only eight members on the Supreme Court because Antonin Scalia, of course, passed away. It's normally nine, so we, we're missing one jurist on the court. Right now, of the, of the eight, we have four committed, diehard liberals who always vote uh, against the Bible, against traditional values. We have three committed conservatives. That's only seven. We have one swing, we'll call it a swing voter, Anthony Kennedy. But he has cast critical swing votes time and time against, against right to life, for gay marriage. You might as well put him in the liberal category. That's five to three right now. We, we have had a 5-4 court now for several years. We have, we have, as a nation, we have become so accustomed to these 5-4 decisions. 5-4 it used to be decisions were much, had, had, had a much greater support. There was, there was a much greater consensus among uh, Supreme Court judges in years gone by. But we've become so uh, accepting of this 5-4, you know, just teetering back and forth. We've almost forgotten or lost our awareness of what can happen if this court is permanently flipped to a 6 3 7 2 division and people with a radical agenda of a revolutionary agenda. This nation could change so dramatically. You think it's changed a lot in the last 30 years? You ain't seen nothing compared to what could happen. Right now we have, of the, of the uh, eight judges, we have three judges that are 77 years of age or older. 
in the next president's term, in the next four years, five of our judges will be in their 70s and three will be in their 80s. By the end of next president, the next president's term. So the next president is like, obviously, obviously uh, Antonin uh, 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 can't pronounce his name on Scalia, sorry, Scalia has to be replaced. But there's very likely that, that two or three more could be elected or appointed by the next president. It is, it is so critical that we put somebody in the White House who will appoint judges that have a limited, truly constitutional view of the power of of the bench and not put activist judges who feel like it's their job to legislate from the bench. It's just, it's critical. I'm gonna just give you some readings something you to think for some for give you something for you to think about uh, on issues that should be of paramount importance to Christians. I, I believe they're they're no brainers. I believe these positions are are not negotiable for Christians. One is the issue of religious freedom. Religious freedom has been called the first freedom because from religious freedom all of our other freedoms evolve. In, uh, as far as the Democratic platform, short of mentioning, quote, unquote, God-given potential, the Democratic platform includes no direct reference to God. If you might remember in 2012, in previous years, there were references to God, two or three. In 2012, the Democratic platform that was presented to the, to the convention had the word God and Jerusalem, neither one of them in their platform at all. And when the media saw this, and there was such a, a, a brouhaha about it, someone came up on the floor and added an amendment to just include the words God-given potential. It took three floor votes to get it passed. If you watch that on TV, the yays and the nays, This was in 2012. It was so close, you couldn't determine whether half of the crowd wanted God in the platform or other half didn't. You could, and it took three votes. When the parliamentarian finally hammered it and said, "Well, the the yeas have it, the the amendment stands, God-given potentials in the platform," there were there was nearly half, if not more than half. Of the, uh, of the attendants, the delegates, booed, stood out and shook their fist and booed, did not want God even mentioned in their platform. Well, this year they've got God-given potential in there. But the Democratic platform speaks frequently of rights, but only as they come from government, never as coming first from God. They give lip service to religion, they say things like, quote, our lives are made very, our lives are made vastly stronger and richer by faith in many forms and in the countless acts of justice, mercy, and tolerance it inspires. 
But there's one major exception. The Democratic uh, Party only supports, and again, I quote, a progressive vision of religious freedom. Are you listening to that? I'm, I'm quoting directly from them. They support a progressive vision of religious freedom that rejects the misuse of religion to discriminate on LGBT issues, which simply means they refuse to acknowledge a religious opposition to gay marriage, transgendered restrooms, any of the other uh, religious objections to sexual deviancy, they do not allow a religious, they do not respect or tolerate a religious opposition to those things. What does the Republican platform says? What does it say? It says every time we sing, God bless America, we are asking for help. We ask for divine help that our country can fulfill its promise. The platform affirms that the Declaration of Independence sets forth that God bestows certain un or inalienable rights on every individual, thus producing human equality, that government exists first and foremost to protect those inalienable rights, that man-made laws must be consistent with God-given natural rights, and that if God-given natural inalienable, inalienable rights come into conflict with government, court, or human-granted human rights, then God-given natural inalienable rights always prevail, end quote. You don't find that in, in the Democratic platform. The Republicans support public display of the Ten Commandments as a reflection of our history and our country's Judeo-Christian heritage. What about, I'm still talking about religious freedom. What about religious freedom on abortion? The, plat, the Democratic platform pledges, pledges to defend the Affordable Care Act, including no-cost contraception, and prohibits discrimination in health care based on gender. This, of course, is alluding to Obama's contraception mandates against Christian businesses like Hobby Lobby, religious groups like Little Sisters of the Poor, and so forth. Christian colleges right now are being pressured by the government and face defunding by the federal government if they even require their students to pledge a lifestyle consistent with Christian values. And it's all, it's all on, this, on this statement that they uh, prohibit discrimination based on gender. Republicans, on the other hand, insist on protecting, quote, unquote, the, quote, the rights of con conscience, the rights of conscience of healthcare professionals, doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and organizations, especially the faith-based groups. This includes the ability of all organizations to provide, purchase, or enroll in health care coverage consistent with their religious, moral, or ethical convictions without discrimination or penalty, and the rights of parents to determine the proper medical treatment and therapy for their minor children. Now, I'm going to be reading a lot here, but you need, really need to pay attention if you haven't read these platforms. Religious freedom as, as it relates to marriage 
Democrats call to end discrimination on the basis of gender, sexual orientation, gender identity, etc. They promise to fight for comprehensive federal non-discrimination protections for all LGBT Americans to guarantee equal rights in areas such as housing, employment, public accommodations, credit, jury selection, education, and federal funding. Democrats claim that without these special LGBT protections, a restaurant can refuse to serve a transgendered person and a same-sex couple is at risk of being evicted from their homes. Continuing their undermining of religious freedom, Democrats insist that they only support a progressive vision of religious freedom that respects pluralism and rejects the misuse of religion to discriminate, which simply means if you have a business and you're asked by uh, someone, whoever it might be, who's, who's practicing an ungodly lifestyle, for you as a business to, to provide a product that actually becomes part of the celebration of their of their uh, unscriptural guidelines or their unscriptural lifestyle, I should say, then you are forced to participate. And we've seen this in Oregon and Washington. People have been ruined, lost their businesses, their livelihoods over it. The Republicans, on the other hand, calls for a passage, the passage of the First Amendment Defense Act, which will bar government discrimination against individuals and businesses for acting on the belief that marriage is the union of one man and one woman. And it sides with the rights of florists, photographers, bakers, especially adoption agencies who do not wish to violate their conscience or religious beliefs by supporting same-sex marriage. Republicans oppose the Democrats' efforts to undermine religion uh, and drive it from the public square, I'm, I'm quoting, and strongly support the freedom of Americans to act in accordance with their religious beliefs, not only in their houses of worship, but also in their everyday lives. Republicans support the right of the people to conduct their business in accordance with their religious beliefs and condemn public officials who have proposed boycotts against businesses that support traditional marriage. All of those are quotes from the platform. Uh, because my time is running out, there's, there's equal information here on religious freedom, on sexual education. Uh, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll go into this one. Democrats promote what they wrongly call comprehensive or evidence-based sex, sex education, which in fact encourages young people and teens to use contraception and engage in risky sexual behavior. Even though the federal government fund, funds condom-based approaches to sex education, 16 to 1 compared to sexual risk avoidance education. Since 1991, the percentage of high school students who have never had sex has increased 28%. The reason is due, of course, to sexual uh, risk avoidance education. Recognizing that success, the Republicans call for sexual risk avoidance education that sets abstinence until marriage as the responsible and respected standard of behavior. That approach, the only one always effective against premarital pregnancy and sexually transmitted disease, empowers teens to achieve optimal health outcomes. I could go on about teaching in, uh, the Bible in public schools. Democrats are against it. Just to, just to, just to uh, summarize it for you, they're against 
any religious, that is Christian religious uh, information being given in school. Republicans are for it. Republicans in their platform are promoting at least uh, they encourage on a voluntary basis for, uh, for the state legislatures to offer Bible as literature in the curriculum as an elective in high school. Uh, it also affirms the rights of religious students to engage in voluntary prayer at public school events and to have equal access to school facilities. You don't see that in the Democratic platform. On religious freedom of chaplains, Democrats emphasize we must condemn hate speech that create a fertile climate for violence, meaning Christian chaplains. They're not allowed to counsel people uh, uh, in, in accordance with the Bible. They claim that our military is strongest when people of all sexual orientations and gender identities are honored. Republicans, quote, support the rights of conscience of and will protect the religious freedom of all military members, especially chaplains, and will not tolerate attempts to ban Bibles or religious symbols from military facilities, and that's been going on. A Republican commander-in-chief will also encourage education regarding the religious liberty of military personnel under the First Amendment of the United States Constitution and current defense, National Defense Authorization Act. For her part, on this subject of, well, I'll read that in a minute. There's a lot of stuff here. Let me just read to you from, now I don't have to read you scriptures on abortion, do I? Is there anybody here that, that's, that's kind of in the middle, you don't know whether or not abortion is wrong? I mean, don't be embarrassed. If, if you do, let me know because I'll, I'll read these scriptures. It is clear from the Bible as well as from your own conscience that at the moment of conception, a human being is alive. Something like 15 days after conception, the heart's beating. And, and so on. I won't go into all of that. We've heard those before. It's obvious that the uh, uh, on-demand approach to, to abortion is a horrible shame and scour- scourge on this nation. Nearly 60 million babies have been aborted in this country since uh, Roe versus Wade. Think about that. 60 million. And we look down our nose at Nazi Germany. 60 million right here in the United States. One point three million abortions, legal abortions take place every year in this country. And ninety-five percent, listen, in spite of what certain candidates have said, ninety-five percent of all of the elective abortions when the per, when the when the woman put the reason for the abortion. of the time, it was social concerns, not health, not rape, not incest, etc. It was private social concerns, 95% of the time. Let me read you from the Democratic platform. Honestly, I don't know how any Christian can vote. And this might make you mad. I, I, I have to say it. How can... 
Let, let me back up a little bit. When my wife and I were, were, were teenagers, she got pregnant in high school. I suggested an abortion. That's where I was. They were illegal in 1970. They were legal in New York. There were a couple of states. New York was one, might have been the only one, where it had been legalized. It was still a state issue, and it should be today. But it was legal in New York. I recommended we, just as teenagers, somehow get the money together and go to New York and get an abortion. Thank God my wife had enough conscience, even though we weren't serving God. I remember emphatically what she said, and I quote, I could never do that. Now listen, if you're in here and you've, you've had an abortion, you've been involved, listen, there is mercy for you. God forgives. Later on, the next year, or might, might have been later that year, our best friends, a couple that, that we were real close to, she got pregnant. And I paid for them to, to the two of them to travel to New York and get an abortion. They didn't have any money. I paid for it. You know what that's called? An accomplice. Is that not an accomplice? I was complicit. I was an exce- a material uh, uh, accomplice to, to what happened. Accessory to what happened. When you knowingly vote for a party that supports abortion on demand, are you not an accessory to that? Can I read one scripture to you? (laughs) A lot of copying and pasting here. Yeah. Proverbs 24, 11. If thou forbear to deliver them that are drawn unto death and those that are ready to be slain, if thou sayest, behold, we knew it not, doth not he that pondereth the heart consider it? And he that keepeth thy soul, doth he not know it? And shall he not render to every man according to his works? I don't know of any one policy that has the import as this one policy of abortion. How in the world a Christian can say, well, you know, president doesn't matter. He's just one man. It does matter. The president has tremendous power. He is the leader of a party. He, has, he exerts, ex, exerts enormous influence. And it's not just, we're not just voting for president, we're voting for congressmen and senators who, who can stand against these things, make laws on the state level. Of course, we have to have the court turned around. We have to have judges who will stand up to Roe versus Wade. who will stand up to, what was that name, Ober, Oberschfell, the, the ruling that, that legalized same-sex marriage in all 50 states. We have to have judges appointed that will stand up to these things. They can be overturned. They should be overturned. They're immoral. And you can pray all you want to for God to revive America, but if you keep voting for these scoundrels, these hideous, godless people, 
It's going to be on your conscience. The Democratic platform reads, Democrats applaud last year's decision by the Supreme Court that recognize LGBT people, like every other American, have the right to marry the person they love. But there is still much work to be done, say the Democrats. LGBT kids continue to be bullied at school. A restaurant can refuse to serve a transgendered person and a same-sex couple is at risk of being evicted from their homes. When does that happen? There is unaccept- that is unacceptable and must change. Still reading, Democrats will fight for comprehensive federal non-discrimination protections for all LGBT Americans and push back against the state efforts to discriminate against LGBT individuals. We will combat LGBT youth homelessness and improve school climates and we protect transgender genders, uh, individuals from transgendered individuals from violence, so forth. The Republican platform, traditional marriage and family based on marriage between one man and one woman is the foundation for a free society and has for millennia been entrusted with rearing children and instilling cultural values. We condemn the Supreme Court's ruling in United States versus Windsor which wrongly removed the ability of Congress to define marriage policy in federal law. We emphatically support the original authentic meaning of Title X of the Education Amendment of 72. It affirmed that no person in the United States on the basis of sex will be excluded from participating in, being denied the benefits of, or be subjected to discrimination under any education program or activity receiving federal assistance. That language opened up for girls and women, two girls and women, a world of opportunities that had been too long denied to them. That same provision of the law is now being used by bureaucrats and by the current president of the United States to impose a social and cultural revolution upon American people by wrongly redefining sex discrimination to include sexual orientation or other categories. Their agenda has nothing to do with individual rights. It has everything to do with power. They are determined determined to reshape our schools and our entire society to fit the mold of an ideology alien to America's history and traditions. Their edict to the states concerning restrooms, locker rooms, and other facilities is at once illegal, dangerous, and ignores privacy issues. It ignores basic human fact. Biology. We salute the several states which have filed suit against it. And that wasn't the one I wanted to read on abortion. <laughs> but it was good on the other things. Democratic platform on, on abortion. We will appoint judges who defend the constitutional principles of liberty and equality for all and will protect a woman's right to safe and legal abortions. We will fight Republican efforts to roll back the clock on women's health and reproductive rights and stand up for Planned Parenthood. We will continue to oppose and seek to overturn federal and state laws and policies that impedes a woman's access to abortion, including by repealing the Hyde Amendment. Now, the 76 Hyde Amendment is a legislation, legislative provision barring the use of certain federal funds to pay for abortion except to save the life of the mother or for incest or rape. The Democrats are, are solidly in favor of, of, of overturning that. 
Uh, another quote, we will support sexual and reproductive health and rights around the globe. Republican platform reads, the Constitution's guarantee that no one can be deprived of life, liberty, or property deliberately echoes the Declaration of Independence proclamation that all are endowed by their creator with the inalienable right to life. Accordingly, we support or assert that the sanctity of human life Accordingly, we assert the sanctity of human life and affirm that the unborn child has a fundamental right to life which cannot be infringed. I want to say that again. We assert the sanctity of life and affirm that the unborn child has a fundamental right to life which cannot be infringed. We support a human life amendment to the Constitution and legislation to make clear that the 14th Amendment's protections apply to children before birth. We oppose the use of federal funds to to perform or promote abortion or to fund organizations like Planned Parenthood Parenthood, so long as they provide or, or refer for elective abortions or sell fetal parts rather than provide health care. We urge all states and Congress to make it a crime to acquire, transfer, or sell fetal tissue from elective abortions for research, and we call on Congress to enact a ban on any sale of fetal body parts. Like I said, the decision can't be clearer when it comes to religious freedom. Uh, Let me give you, read you a quote. This is from, this is from Hillary Clinton. The only quote I'm going to read from her as far as these issues are concerned. She said, far too many are, women are still denied critical access to reproductive health care and safe childbirth. All the laws we've passed don't count for much if they're not enforced. Rights have to exist in practice, not just on paper. Laws have to be backed up with resources and political will. And listen, and deep-seated cultural codes, religious beliefs, and structural biases have to be changed. This is what Hillary Clinton believes, that it's the government's responsibility to change what you believe. I'm talking about your religious beliefs that it's their responsibility and it's their privilege to do it and enforce it. I could go on and on, but I'm out of time today. I could talk about uh, the military. I could talk about terrorism. I could talk about the Second Amendment. I could go on and on. But on every turn, at every one of these issues of morality and basic human rights over and over and again, human freedoms over and over and over again. The Democratic Party seeks to overturn everything biblical and completely wash it out of our society. I'm not saying that the Republican candidate is to be envied. I'm not saying that Republicans or Democrats in general, any of them have lived exemplary lives for us as Christians to admire. But I am saying we have to look at what's being offered 
We have to look at the, at the visions that these two parties offer for America. And we have to pray, but we also have to act. And like I said, it doesn't do any good to pray for revival and vote for people who are doing everything they can to destroy the, the impact of the word of God and the move of God in our culture. You just can't do, you just can't do, those two things don't mix. You're going to have to make a decision. It's not about how you used to vote. It's not about how your, your family has voted or whatever culture you come from. That hasn't got anything to do with it anymore. Our nation, like I said earlier, and I'll close with this, our nation is on a precipice right now. We're, we're, we're just hanging. And you know, you can't, you can't teeter on a precipice, precipice for very long. You either got to come back off of that or go on over. You can't stay just teetering like this. And our nation will not just stay like this. One party offers coming back from the brink. It's not perfect. Its, it's candidates aren't perfect. But it offers coming back from the brink. Take a breath. And, let's, and it's saying, let's stop before we go over the edge. The other party is saying, push her over. I, uh, as a pastor, I have to tell you the truth. Not, not just what I think. And, I, and, and I'll, I'm, I, you know, I'll just open disclaimer here. I, I, you know what I think. But you know what the Bible says. And every one of us has to judge in our own heart because when I believe, when we go to the polls November the 8th, actions speak louder than words. And how much you decry and, and, and bemoan what's happened to America and the direction this nation has, has taken, if you don't do something to stop it, If you don't do something to stop it, you don't have any you don't have any any justification before God. Praise the Lord. Well that's that's my opinion. And I'm and I'm not gonna back down from it. And I'm I'm didn't I didn't give this message to divide this congregation. But sometimes the truth just simply has to be presented in black and white. And I know many of you agree with this. I don't, I don't know if all of you do or not. It's not directed personally at you. But you need to pray about the things that I've said today. Amen. Father, we just thank you today, Father, for our freedom. We thank you, Lord, for the history of this nation. We are not ashamed of our Christian heritage. We are not ashamed of the foundational principles upon which this republic was built. We're not ashamed of them. We don't apologize for them. In fact, we continue to endorse these things. And I pray today that every person here will examine their own heart, their own mind, their own politics, their own po political persuasion in light of the Bible, in light of Christian values, and think about the importance of their vote. 
and the fact that they either endorse right or they endorse wrong. They either vote for good or they vote for evil. Yet it really is that plain, that simple. I ask each one, Father, to examine their heart. Move upon us, not only this church, but this nation. Father, move upon Christians all across this land. People who, who truly believe what the Bible says, no matter what, no matter how politically incorrect, no matter what the, the, the popular politics of the day might be, they still believe the Bible. I pray, Lord, that Christians all across this land will rise up. This may be our last chance when we consider the potential of a court so over that has the potential to be so overwhelmingly contrary to, to Christian freedom and biblical values. Father, it's just our nation could, could be changed so radically. And given, and given the faith of so many people, I shudder to think what could happen and what might have to happen for people like us under those kinds of, of warped conditions to stand up and take our stand for righteousness, how much it might cost us. And we're willing to pay any price, but we should be willing to avert this catastrophe. We should be willing to stop this from coming to that point. I pray, Lord, that Christians will wake up all across this country, realize what's going on, realize what's at stake, and obey the Bible, obey their, the leading of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.